from the streets of Cincinnati. Welcome to the jungle! Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I bring you sports from a West Side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of Jackpot Joey Burrow and the first place Cincinnati Bengals. Thank you, Las Vegas Raiders. Clowns went down last night. That was awesome. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,424 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. And as always, if you guys are watching on Facebook or Twitter, do me a favor and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, please do so. Go to Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing Super Chat. So if you guys 
want to support what I'm doing or make sure your comment gets read, please give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. The Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, this just popped up as a started Jackpot Joey, which is Maddie Myers, needs prayers for Wayne Isaac Walt- Walters. Troy's baby boy is in a bad way at Children's Hospital, hoping for a miracle. Well, that's, yeah, kids, prayers for, for uh, Troy's baby boy. Let's hopefully everything's okay with him now in the waiting room a guy we've been kind of missing back and forth he's supposed to be on the show a couple weeks ago and he wasn't able to then last week i screwed up and didn't confirm with him that he's gonna be on but i got him on today he's one of my favorite guys he's the one the only malik Wright. malik what's going on brother what's going on brother man that's really nice having my name in the whole the tiger growl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like we, that. We, I appreciate we, that. We spared no expense here. I even have a live studio audience I was cheering for you. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my sister-in-law from Florida is here. So we, so we have Mrs. Ice and her crazy sister here. So, okay, so, so this, this could be a kind of interesting show, Malik. I'm just letting yeah. you know. Who knows what I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I got I got some questions about Tom Brady in the book. Oh, the yeah. Talk about your, your Tom Brady little love fest over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we had some roster moves today. Yeah, uh, lots of them to be honest. Uh, we had to, well, they need some linebackers. So, what, uh, <laughs> what do you think of the moves? Are they good? Are they bad? They're gonna help us? We're in trouble. Yeah. What's up? Uh, you know, I don't think that they're gonna hurt us. I, I think that right now, obviously, you know, with the injury to Joe Bocci, obviously, Logan Wilson dealing with a shoulder injury, you gotta get some bodies in there right now, absolutely. Um, that being said, I still believe in the game plan. I still believe in Jermaine, you know, Jermaine Pratt and Marcus Bailey. A lot of people forget Marcus Bailey was supposed to be a second round pick. He right. actually tore his ACL in 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 high in uh, college, yep. and uh, he dealt with a lot of injuries at Purdue. But he's a fantastic linebacker, right? Obviously, you want some more rangy guys, and we kind of been beat up at that spot this year. But um, yeah, I think they're all solid moves. Keandre Jones, things of that nature. I think I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I'm 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 not concerned about Pratt or or uh, or Bailey. It's after that, <laughs> you know, yeah. who, who's gonna who's gonna replace it there? Because well, one of the biggest things that the, the Bengals did with this defense is get linebackers to mm-hmm. stop Lamar Jackson. So mm-hmm. this is coming into the biggest game of the year. Yeah. Gotta stop gotta stop Lamar. If Lamar's playing, which I will be absolutely shocked if Lamar does not play, to be honest. Have you heard yeah. anything if he's playing or not? Or no, Lamar's gonna play in this game. Yeah, that's what I think. he's gonna play in this game. But but here's something that I don't want you to forget about. Remember the Bengals went out and they signed a, a safety uh, mm-hmm. by the name of Ricardo Allen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So when the going gets tough and the tough gets going, you can mix and match him and Von Bell, who's going to play in the box. The guys are rangy enough. The guys are solid enough to where they can do that. And if you're worried about hey, who's going to cover um, Mark Andrews, I'm sure the Bengals will do very similar what they did in last year's game. Uh, or last last time we played there's a game plan where they have Trey Flowers cover Mark Andrews or, or, right. uh, or Vernon Hargrave, somebody like that. So I think we'll be fine. Yeah, honestly, Mark Andrews doesn't scare me because, well, it scares me, but the way they covered him last time, it was fine. He wasn't even yeah. a factor. So, yeah. but let's roll back to to the victory on Sunday and how big yeah. of a win yeah. was this for the Bengals? I mean, it was a must win. I, I said that all week. I said they have to go in there. They have to win. They, my opinion, going down the stretch, they got to win at least three out of four. We got yeah. one down, you know, two more to go. 
Yeah. How big a win was this as far as the Bengals season go? It was huge. I mean, you talk about anytime you're neck and neck with another team that's fighting for a playoff spot, um, it, it, anytime you can go in there and obviously beat them, that's huge. It's it's mm-hmm. it's 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 awesome. And what's even which even was uh, awesome, even more awesome was the fact that the Raiders then turn around and beat the Cleveland Browns, which right. helped the Cincinnati Bengals. And now a lot of people don't know this, but the the Raiders now have the tiebreaker all over all the teams in the AFC North not name the Cincinnati Bengals because the Bengals are the only team in the AFC North to beat them now. So um, if it comes down to a wild card spot in the Raiders and another team in the AFC North, the Raiders will get it. And, um, you know, I, I, I listen, I think that everything had shaped out. Everything shaped out the way I sort of anticipated it to shape out. Um, I expect similar results this upcoming football week where I have the Absolutely. Packers beating the Cleveland Browns and mm-hmm. things of that nature and the Steelers losing to the Chiefs barring no crazy injuries or anything like that. Yeah. So I I think everything is falling into Cincinnati's lap right now. And a lot of things that I said to you earlier when I was on your show last time was I see the Bengals as a playoff team. I think the Bengals are the best team in the AFC North right now. And I think it's showing. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, and and, you know, I, I I say that I always look at everything through orange colored sunglasses and my, my bold prediction was 11 and six at the beginning of the year. And I'm pretty darn close. I got a couple more wins to, to, to get here, but I really do think down the stretch here, I think we can beat the rappers and I think we can beat the clowns. And depending on what happens with Kansas City, if they're already wrapped up or whatever, playing them, they might not care about the game. So there's potential we could win all of them. They'll care about it because the because they shot themselves in the foot earlier in the season, right? Right. They need to win some of these games. They they need to. If I mean, if you want to actually let's talk about it. The Bengals are yeah, still in this position where they can actually still win the AFC. The AFC as a whole, the Bengals right. can still be the number one team in the AFC. The AFC is still up for grabs. You know what I mean? Dude, so, and, and think, like, how how fun is this? I, I I love this that there's no dominant team. I, mm-hmm. I, this is great. It's, it's you know the week of Christmas, and nobody's even clinched a playoff spot yet. That's right. that to me. That's fun. But go ahead, go ahead. What you're saying? No, it's, no, you're fine. It's competitive. It's awesome. It's good to see. I mean, I would have liked to have clinched the playoffs by now because uh, I think we shouldn't have lost to the New York football jets. And a lot of people didn't understand why, you know, why I was frustrated. Why was I the way that I was after we lost to the jets? And it's like, you just can't lose that type of game, especially when it's, uh, you know, when it's right there for the taking, I think the Bengals will win the division though. I, re- I really do. I think the way I see it all, what's going on, what's going on, Marvin L. Umer Anarumo. I like that name, man. Um, <laughs> I-, I think when you look at it though, the Bengals, uh, the, the Bengals, I think the Bengals are going to take care of the business this week against the Cleveland, I mean, against the um, Baltimore Ravens. And I think that the division will take care of itself to be completely honest with you. I don't, I think by the time the Bengals play the Browns, that game won't mean too much because I think that the Browns are going to actually lose um, to the Pittsburgh Steelers next, next week after next. Um, ah. I, I actually have the, the I, and big, it's big. Come on now. Let's, it's, let's be honest. It's big Ben's last home game. Thank God. <laughs> it's big Ben's last home game as a start Steelers starting quarterback. They're, they're you know, they're going to come out loud and proud. I expect them to have his bet, the best game in, in, in the last two years in, right. in that game. I really right. do expect them to. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I can't stand the squealers. That's why I always call them the squealers. Yeah. I hope to God that they suck for a long damn time. <laughs> That would be great because they have tormented me my entire existence. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Adulthood, childhood, everything. I got so many different players they've hurt from us. And <laughs> yes, but to see uh, uh, Big Ben's last game would be awesome. Uh, John Wick wants to know, is Logan Wilson going to come back at all this yes. year? Yeah, yeah. Logan Wilson should be back 
probably within the, like the last two weeks or so. We'll see. We'll see how yeah. it all shakes out. But he'll if we're in the play, yeah, if we're in the playoff. I mean, that's why they didn't IR him. They ex- they're expecting him to be back soon. Now, I have a question about about Riley Reef because they they IR'd him. That's mm-hmm. three weeks, so he technically could play in the last game, even though uh, uh, Zach said he's probably out for the year. Yeah, I think I think his injury is a lot more serious uh, than than what they had initially thought. It might be something that may require. Uh, you know, I don't want to put words out there. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much, but it, it it could be a lot more serious than what the Bengals had initially thought. I'll just say that, and I I, I could see a situation where he's no longer in the plans for the rest of the season because he's not going to be active. Oh, man. Um, but it it is a serious injury. So, um, Isaiah Prince's right tackle one is not a great idea in a game of this magnitude. Uh, should keep Johnson and Carmen until otherwise proven. Yeah, I, I don't know if the Bengals will actually move on from Fred Johnson. Every opportunity Fred Johnson has gotten to prove himself as a tackle, he's done it. Right. If you want my honest opinion, this is a hot take. Good. What do you got? Ice, listen, I I don't like, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not one for too many hot takes, but I'll make a right, hot take right. right now. I'm I've always been a huge Fred Johnson guy. Me too, brother. Me too. The Pittsburgh Steelers were livid when the Bengals uh pinched him off their practice squad. Right. I, I, I can tell you right now, I know a lot of people within the Steelers organization, and they were they were hitting me up like, are you guys gonna are you guys gonna do you know if they're gonna cut Fred Johnson, you know, if they're going to cut Fred Johnson because their offensive line was in shambles too. Right. So right. I can tell you right now, if the Bengals ever decide to part ways with Fred Johnson, he will be the Steelers new starting tackle. I can, I can promise you that they viewed him that highly. They viewed him yeah, that well, highly. I'll tell you this last year, I, I was on the Fred Johnson bandwagon to be the yeah. starting right tackle over the swing gate, Bobby Hart. I wanted yeah. them to, I, I don't ever want to see Fred. Yeah. I don't ever want to see Fred a, a guardian. I, he's not a good yeah. guard, but right tack, tackle, he does pretty good. I think Fred Johnson should get an opportunity to be the tackle of the future. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna I, say. I I've been saying that. it. I'm yeah. gonna. That's all I'm gonna say. And I've been saying it. He deserves the opportunity to be the tackle of the future. You, I've seen him at left tackle. I've mm-hmm. seen him at right tackle, and he's mm-hmm. impressed at both. He's in, he's really impressed at right tackle. So, say you know, do with that information what you will. But Fred Johnson is not a guard. Fred Johnson is a tackle, and I think Fred Johnson, if the Bengals play their chips right, especially under Frank Pollock, could be the Bengals' tackle of the future. That's what exactly. I'm now, I, I, what's your? Now, I like bringing this up. Well, I don't like bringing this up, but but you were on my show for the day of this the second day of the draft i think it was mm-hmm. and that's when you found out we're gonna drive jackson carmen and you weren't all that happy about it and yeah yeah we already rehashed all this before last time you're on my show sal we're ha- over halfway through the season what's your feeling on jackson carmen as far as his rookie season going and his development at guard it's weird man you know it's weird he uh, i think he should have got more opportunities there honestly to prove himself i i don't know what the obsession is with hakeem Adeniji. I, I just, I genuinely don't, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, I, I see flashes. I see what he could be potentially, but like, to me, I, I think without a shadow of a doubt, the only way a rookie's going to improve is through reps. You know what right. I mean? And I think that this mixing and matching crap has to stop. I think, mm-hmm. I think Jackson Carmen should be your, your starting guard for the rest of the season. Long-term Quentin Spain. I think those are your guards of the future, man. I think those are your guys that you rely on, man. And I, I think you got to stop messing around with the offensive line so much, you know. I let these guys get a little bit of continuity going. Right. Sure, Jackson Carmen struggled. Also, Jackson Carmen had food poisoning in the Lions game. And right. You know, and if you rem- if you remember, we were struggling before he was in there, and then he mm-hmm. gets in there, and then automatically we start we start we start scoring. We like a competent right. offense. So like, right. 
him and Fred Johnson just maul people. And this has been their calling card long before they even played next to each other. These are things that these guys have been known for. Fred Johnson can maul people at the guard position. Uh, um, sorry, Fred Johnson can mark maul people at the tackle position. Right. And, and, and Jackson Carmen can maul people at the guard position. They're perfect for this zone scheme, running scheme that the Bengals are trying to run. So stop playing around with it. Stop mixing and matching it. I, I understand Hakeem Adinajai is supposed to be a good player in the future, and that's fine. But this obsession about him needs to stop. No, nah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, that's kind of where, where I'm at. I mean, I, I've been a huge Jackson Carmen fan, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. The only way he gets better is reps. And and like you said, I mean, now this is with Akeem Denji in there. The two times, the two games I thought the offensive line played the best was the last game against the Squealers and the last game mm-hmm. against the, the Raiders. Yeah. And Denji was, was in there. But yeah. they had back-to-back weeks of the same guys. Right. Now, with Adenogy, or hurt, I don't know if he's you know, how bad he's hurt or not. Do you know anything on, on Adenogy? Not too much. I mean, then again, I didn't ask. You know, right? This is should be the Jackson Carmen. He's your second that, round pick. He's your second round pick, man. You know, right. people were already skeptical by you not playing your second round pick. It makes people even more skeptical. And the fact of the matter is, the kid's gotten better every single time he's been yes. in there. So yes. he's giving him opportunities. Yes, he's going to struggle. Yes, he's a rookie. Yes, he's going to he's going to struggle. He's going to see new competition each and every single week in the National Football League. But yeah. from everything that I heard about this guy, he's a student of the game. He wants to get better. He applies. He applies himself, and he wants to. So he wants to make the necessary corrections to make himself a uh, future, you know, starting guard in the football in the National Football League. So at the end of the day, give this guy a chance. Give this guy let, let like like let him you know deal with the the ebbs and flows, so to speak, a, a, as a, as an offensive right. lineman. You, no rookie comes in the game and struggles. You didn't bench Jamar Chase after his drops, right? So right. why would you bench him after giving up a sack? He's not getting turned around. He's not getting. He's not getting Bobby Hart out there, so you got you got to <laughs> yeah. you got to just ride with him. That's my opinion. No, I I agree with that. That's that's where I'm at. I hope they, I hope they did because like like you said, they 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 spent the second round pick on it. They traded mm-hmm. down. They knew that's the guy they wanted. That's got one they mm-hmm. they had you know picked yeah. centered to get. Yeah. So why so why are you not playing him? I, I that's kind of been my my thing with you too. And Fred Johnson, his, go ahead. His tape hasn't been bad enough to the point where you're like he's unplayable. That's all right. I'm gonna say. His tape hasn't yes. been bad. Yeah. yeah. He's got he's gotten better and better. He and yeah. he, he keeps improving. And going forward, if if Riley Reef is out, Fred mm-hmm. Johnson, Frodo, that's my man. Put him at right tackle, put Jax Carmen at right guard, and let's go for it. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, let's I'm let's make this it. playoff run. Now, this is a poll question I put up yesterday, mm-hmm. and it's like 92% to like yes to like four percent no. But in your opinion, Trey Hendrickson with his 10, well, actually, I guess like mm-hmm. it's considered a half a sack now. He didn't get a full sack, but 10 consecutive game games with a half a sack. Is he the best and most productive free agent the Bengals have ever signed? In your opinion? Um, yeah, he might be. He might be. And the reason being is the Bengals don't sign a lot of free agents, you know, free, mm-hmm. you know, free agents out there. They didn't, they didn't sign a lot of high impact guys, so to speak. Um, yeah, Fred uh, not Fred Johnson, Trey Hendrickson definitely might be. I mean, it, but again. I remember how many people I remember all of you. Let me just start off by saying this. I remember all of you who were who were Carl Lawson, Carl Lawson, yeah. you know, Carl right, Lawson, right. why don't the Bengals? I remember every single one of you who had something to say. And I tried to tell you, you know, this guy is what you want. Like mm-hmm. I understand the infatuation, but I seem I feel like sometimes as as fans in the industry, even me being, you know, in the media industry, I, I'm still a fan of the Bengals, right? But I think the one thing that I don't – I try not to get too attached to players. Right. I try not to get too attached to players because I understand that at some point they've got to go. At right. some point they got to move on. At some mm-hmm. point 
I feel like we got too so accustomed to seeing Carl Lawson, the William Jacksons of the world, you know, step out mm-hmm. there that we mm-hmm. didn't, when it was time to move on from those guys, we couldn't accept it. You know, the fact that like that, and, and it was certainly time to move on from Carl Lawson and it's nothing. Listen, Carl Lawson saw himself as a starting defensive end in the national football league. He saw right. himself as an every down starting defensive line and his production didn't show that, but, but right. for Carl Lawson, he, he has the most top 10 in the league in pressures. And, and but at some point you got to get the job done. Listen, Trey Hendrickson's top 10 in the league in pressures and he gets the job done. Right? Absolutely. I, Absolutely. Like, 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 like respect to Carl Lawson for everything that he did for Cincinnati respect to, to him for the games that he wanted to show up and actually be a playmaker. And he didn't have T-Rex arms. and wasn't missing tackles out there. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is I want guys that actually get the damn job done. I don't want a guy that some kind of, you know, gets pressure, but whips on a tackle because his arms are too short or he, right. or he takes plays off or he says that the reason why he isn't able to reach his potential is because people are telling him not to, re- you know, I'm not going to get into that, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, I, my opinion, I think he's the biggest yeah. one and the most productive one we've had because Absolutely. I know people come at me with Pat Man Jones and Shane Graham and got John Wickener saying Reggie Nelson. Mm-hmm. Those guys are, did not make the impact well, that Trey Henderson is making on every single play right now. Right. He's, he's a force to be reckoned with. Reggie Nelson was the best trade the Bengals had ever made, I personally think, that in my time of living. They right. traded for him from Jacksonville. He was a bust mm-hmm. under Jack Dario in Jacksonville. They traded for him. He used to be a cornerback. They pushed him into a safety. He was right. a dude, though. Uh, Pac-Man Jones had all the talent in the world. The issue with him was just off-the-field issues. Right. Right. That was the that was the big stuff. You knew for every great season you got from Pac-Man Jones, you got some off the field stuff during the offseason about him, you know, getting arrested or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's the stuff yeah. you had to deal with. But in terms of culture, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. buying yes. in yes. production, you know, Trey Hendrickson is by far and away not even just one of the best free agents the Bengals have ever had. He's the best pass rusher that I've ever seen in Cincinnati in a long, long time. And people point to Carlos Dunlap, and I got a lot of heat for this uh, on Twitter by some people, and it, I think they missed what I was trying to say. Carlos Dunlap had his production years, but a lot of uh, – Carl Lawson, I feel like you you also feel like he didn't reach his potential or what he could right. have been. He was a freak of nature, but the guy literally just couldn't break through that wall. He was his own worst enemy at times. So – yeah, no, for me, Trey Hendrickson was was by is by far one of the best pass rushers, not the best pass rusher um, Cincinnati has had in a long time, probably outside of Michael Johnson, in my opinion. Absolutely. Now, now you've talked about culture that Trey Hendrickson yeah. brought here and everything. And to me, the culture and everything has all been set by by Zach Taylor. And last yeah. week, a lot of people were all, all over Zach about his play mm-hmm. calling. Now, we had the the three, uh, ran the ball three times there in, mm-hmm. in the uh, fourth quarter. And we punted it to play defense. Everybody, and myself included, was like, throw the mm-hmm. ball, throw the ball. In hindsight, for me, it, I think it was a good thing that he didn't throw the ball because our defense was balling out. Do you? What is your thoughts on the Zach Taylor play calling issue? I don't think it's as big as everybody's making it out to be. What's your thoughts? Okay, so I'm going to be very, very uh, real here, right? And All right. Um, this is probably as real as I could put it. I think Zach Taylor's play calling is fine. I think his situational play calling mm-hmm. needs work. So there's a difference between play calling and situational play calling. His situational mm-hmm. play calling in a situation where the game's on the line or you need points before before but well, I don't know, before the before half or before the quarter end or whatever it may be, right. it, it seems to have dipped a little bit. And I think a lot of it is him being a young coach. A lot of it is him trying to still figure out 
Because I still don't think Zach fully understands what he has in Joe Burrow. Because you got to understand, he's used to working with Jared Goff. <laughs> he's used to working with Ryan Tannehill in Miami. Right. He's never had a quarterback like Joe Burrow, where mm-hmm. you can just go out there and say, okay, we're going to live and die by jackpot Joey, as you call him. There you go, baby. Right? So uh, <laughs> I, I, think at the, I think at the end of the day, it's a learning experience. Give the guy a break. You see, I right. see a lot of jackasses on Twitter saying, oh, Zach, Zach this, Zachary that, Zach. And I'm like, right, dude, like, shut up. Like, it's a, it's a <laughs> exactly. learning experience. You always got right. something. It's these, but it's these talking heads that get on that get on social media and they just got something mm-hmm. to say at, at, at every point at every turn. And it's yep. like, yo, the dude is going through a learning experience, a growing experience. Um, uh, you know, you know, as as the as the quarterback, yeah, right. as as the, and as the coach, like these right. guys are learning each other. And I think, guess what happens when a young coach? For all of you out there who are always on Zach Taylor, for those of you on Twitter who always have something to say or want to be negative Nancy let me ask you a question right what happens when a young coach and a young quarterback grow together they start to learn each other they grow together they they start to understand each other's tendencies they like to Mm -hmm. they they start to figure out what each other dislike and they don't like Joe Burrow's in his second year coming off of a torn ACL and he hasn't played he hasn't played two full years yet that's a thing too. Yeah, right. I mean, like, so I, I think that like you gotta give them, gotta give them a slag. Zach Taylor absolutely has grown to as a play caller, but he's just, you know, like just, <laughs> just that. Uh, he, he's, <laughs> you know, but but at the end of the day, for all of you guys, he know he's not gonna just pop out one day and be Andy Reid. Go back and you look at Andy Reid when Andy Reid first start coaching. Go look at yep. Bill when Bill Belichick start coaching, yep. and all these different guys. Like, no, you gotta go through growing the same way these players go through growing experiences and lessons and things that that they've never experienced. We're seeing it right now. Before. We're seeing Zach Taylor's maturation as a as in as a um as an offensive coordinator, as a head coach, right before our eyes. So for those of you who thought to yeah, Zach Taylor next week was just going to immediately figure out, every right. game presents yes. a new challenge. So for you that talk a lot of stuff, respectfully, and you know I love staying <laughs> respectful in Iceman, shut the hell up, and just let Zach Taylor grow <laughs> as a play caller. That's just what I got to say. Malik, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I, that's what I've been saying this whole time. And, and it's like people want him to – people expect – the Bengals still have already won a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you, was that you gotta clip like, that too. You gotta clip that too. What's that? <laughs> you gotta oh, clip you, you're, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I will. I'm gonna put it out on Twitter for sure. Yeah. It's gonna it, it, that'd be better than la- the last one I did was when Bengals captain almost died on the show. That was oh, yours should be a lot better. <laughs> but I mean, I couldn't say it any better. I mean, as I keep, I've been saying all year, let him. He's a young coach. We got a young team. Sports Illustrated had had us winning two games. Sports. Sports Illustrated had Zach Taylor as the as, on the list of likely coaches to be fired. Right, right. So, I mean, he might be, you, he could be he's a coach of the year candidate now. You guys went from saying hire Joe Brady to who got fired? Why aren't you? Why aren't you? Why aren't you the next Sean McVay with your play calling? Right, right, exactly, yeah. exactly. All right, uh, it's almost six o'clock. You, you gotta get going. I got, again. I got, I got some more time. Yeah. I got All some right, more cool. time. All right, let me uh, see here. Oh yeah, this one I'll get to. Royal Flush Cherry, and he says I need a, an answer for Mark Andrews this weekend. And well, last week or last time we played him, Logan Wilson was our answer, and we don't have him. I think Pratt has got to step up big time again. I mean, and, and, and Pratt had a great game this past weekend. What's your thoughts? Who, who you think? Who you think? What, what do you think the answer is with, with 
for Mark Andrews. Yeah, so I actually share a different a bit of opinion here on this. Okay. I think our answer is very, very simple, actually, for Mark Andrews. And it's who I said earlier, Trey Flowers. Trey there Flowers, he's a big, strong cornerback. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, I- I'm double-checking it right now, but I'm pretty sure he sure did. Trey Flowers Trey Flowers was matched up on him. Oh, what? Okay. Trey Flowers was matched up go. on Mark Andrews, on, especially on third down situations. There so, yeah, that, 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 that's the answer right there to Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews was pretty quiet outside of the two catches I think he had. Absolutely. All right, I got a $5 super chat from uh, – or excuse me, $10 super chat from John Wicks. I appreciate it. And I, I love this one right here because mm-hmm. I'm so happy for Eli Apple. But how big of a pickup was Eli Apple this season? He's been fired this year. He got off to his kind of a slow start, but he's gotten a lot better. Go ahead, Malik. <laughs> this is where I say, let's stop for a second. Let's stop for a second. Let's give a shout-out to Lou Anarumo as defensive coordinator. And not Armadillo, Anarumo. Uh, Anarumo. <laughs> let, let's 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 talk about him as defensive coordinator. How is it that castoffs, castoffs, right? One man's trash is another man's treasure. How is it that those guys are coming into his system and able to produce? Here's what people aren't talking about. Lou Anarumo was a defensive backs coach for the New York Football Giants. Mm-hmm. Lou Anarumo was a defensive backs coach for the Miami Dolphins. Guess who drafted one of the best cornerbacks in the league in Xavier Howard? Luana Rumo. So when you see our corners producing, why aren't people talking about the job that Luana Rumo is doing? Eli Apple Uh was considered a bust everywhere he went. All I saw on Twitter was good luck. Good luck since he did. Rotten apple, bad apple. And now all all of a sudden he's producing. All of a sudden Mm -hmm. Trey Flowers, who Seahawks fans said was meh, was bad. All of a sudden he's lining up against Mark Andrews, lining up against big tight ends and shutting them out of games outside of George Kittle because he's a man among boys. <laughs> yes, uh, that's but our whole story. The fact <laughs> of the matter is, Luana Rumo, our defensive backs have has their game has gone to a different level because this guy is literally known for fixing uh secondaries, for having good secondaries. For he has a he and he's a great talent evaluator when it when it comes to get, getting defensive backs. He's a great mm-hmm. talent evaluator. Per, uh, Ricardo Allen used to used to play for him at Purdue. Like you know, yep, I mean, the, right. this, these are real things, guys. So we got to. I mean, Eli Apple was a good pickup, but I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of cornerbacks would come into Lou on a Romo system and do very, very well. The thing is, you haven't even mentioned Cheetah Bay. How how good has Cheetah Bay been this year? I mean, oh, yeah. he he, but, he was. Uh, good. So Cheeto, I had him. He was one of my favorite prospects coming out of his respective draft. I've, mm-hmm. I'm a huge Cheetah Bay Woozie fan. He he was used horrible in Dallas. I mean, horrible. Yeah. At times, he was their nickel corner. That's not <laughs> Cheeto's strength. Cheeto is an outside cornerback, and now we're seeing his ability to match up man-to-man. Now we're seeing him when he's in zone. He can do both, right? And he's very, very good at attacking the football as well. So Cheeto Bay Wouzier was a fantastic pick. He's the one guy that I could say, had he gone to a different system, he'd probably still be playing well. But the fact that he's playing in Luana Reno's system inside this defense, I think we're seeing, I think we're seeing this defense take the next step. Exactly. All right. Whitney says uh, this year is the first year that Lou and Zach finally got their core team together and look at the progress already. Mm-hmm. They all matured together. And that's one thing I've said, Malik, is it, it took him a while for Zach to get his guys in it, for Lou to get his guys in there. Yeah. And I kind of came to, to as far as Lou goes, I kind of came to real, that real, realization over the summertime. There's a lot of guys on that defense that weren't his, that didn't mm-hmm. want to do what he wanted them to do or couldn't do. Yeah. What he wanted them to do, he got his own guys in there. Zach got his guys in there. There is we haven't heard any locker room anything 
everybody's all on the same page and you got everybody pulling on the rope the same direction. It makes a huge difference. Let me say this. Who did you start seeing production from first, the defense or the offense? The offense, right? Right. When's the last time the Bengals invested a first-round premium pick on a defensive player? 2017, William Jackson. Uh, thank you. Okay. I was trying, yeah. I was trying to remember. I'm like, I can't even remember. No, no it was 2017, William Jackson. Mm-hmm. Everything else was offense, 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 yep. offense, yep. offense. So – Guess what? When Luan Romo took over the Bengals' defense, they were had one of the worst defensive units in the league. Now, oh, understand. Horrendous. Let's Histori- talk about Histori- but like it was historically yeah. bad. Historically, they set records of how bad they mm-hmm. were. Good. So, think about what you just said, right? Right, mm-hmm. Ice. Now, yeah. ask yourself when it came time to get rid of some of those players, why Bengals fans fought tooth and nail and were like, "Why are we getting rid of Vontez Burfick? Why are right. we getting rid of this by this part, William Jackson?" So you want us to keep the same bad players that were also a part of those terrible defenses. Right, right. Hmm. So you want you want us to get yeah, it makes, it makes a lot you want <laughs> yeah. you want some of those linebackers that was out there in in Brandon Bell. Oh god. <laughs> and Hardy and Hardy Nickerson. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You want those guys to be our starting linebackers. You want those guys, you want Malik Jefferson to still be here. You want those guys to to, to be our, our our play our defensive guys of the future when they clearly didn't have the capabilities. Listen, the fact of the matter is the Bengals' best defensive pick, I want to say, in the draft the last few years has been Jesse Bates. Oh, absolutely. It's been Jesse Bates, you know what I mean? So, like, the, the fact of the matter is we you had to break it all down to build it back up. And absolutely. now, you know, our you look at where we where we where we started versus where we are right now. You know those those starters when those guys took over half of them most of them actually not even half most of them aren't even in the league right now. Right. One thing we haven't person we haven't talked about is Whitney brings up here is BJ Hill. We flat stole him. I've said this all year. Stole him from the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has been a godsend to, to that to that D line. And, oh, yeah. and and Larry Obi Wan Gajobi as they call him BJ Hill, DJ Reader. Those guys have been balling out, dude. You can't run on us at all. You know, you know, you know what's crazy? Both of those guys that Whitney had mentioned uh, were both played out of poorly and out of position in their past teams. Uh, Larry Okunjobi was played at nose tackle. He is not. He's a three-tech. He can rush the passer from the inside. He is – and for those of you who don't understand the verbiage of sort of what I'm saying is a nose tackle is sort of what DJ Reader is. DJ Reader is not necessarily known as a pass rusher, but he can rush the passer in certain instances. But a nose tackle's job is primarily to stop the run. Uh, Larry Okunjobi was used as two guys. Yeah, that's what Larry Okunjobi's job was, essentially, in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. He did not produce to the level he's producing right now. Now we're seeing it. In terms of B.J. Hill, B.J. Hill was also played on the edge in New York. He was played as an edge rusher at points in in the New York Football Giants. So he was played out of position. But when he was rushed from the middle, he always produced with the New York Football Giants. I called it when we first traded. I said that was was an absolute fleece. It was an absolute fleece. It was was a heist. And uh, Mm -hmm. we should be – I said – I think my exact tweet was that I deleted was, the Bengals should be brought up on charges for the for, for what they just did to New York Football Giants, like and they it. got a and they got a pick out of it. <laughs> you you tweeted it, then you deleted it. I like that. Because yeah. oh, yeah. right, like, Jeff oh, Holmes yeah. says, uh, how much of an impact has Mark Duffner had as someone who's hired this year to oversee Lou Anamaruma and the defense?" So, uh, Jeff, that's a very good question. First and foremost, um, so Mark Duffner was already here actually um, last year. I, I think that Mark Duffner was. Was he was great, you know. Mark Duffner is a former defense coordinator. Um, he he knows he's he's familiar with Cincinnati. He's familiar with lot, fixing linebackers stuff like that. So no no doubt 
he's definitely helped with the linebacker aspect of things, but he's more so just a, a senior advisor. Marion Hobby mm-hmm. and Frank Pollock mm-hmm. were the two mm-hmm. critical pickups yep. in Cincinnati. And you, it was also important to get coaches in here that were also preaching the same mission because the same message as uh, the defensive coordinator, the head coach, things of that nature, because you didn't want, you know, um, but that's a story for a different day, but uh, <laughs> there, you know, you need to have, you need to have coaches that are preaching the same message. I'll leave it at that. Exactly. Now, I can't wait till Sunday. I'm already, I'm fired up. I'm, <laughs> I wish it was Sunday already. If, okay, let's, let's say worst case scenario and the Bengals lose. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to. I, they still have, there's still a pathway to the playoffs for the Bengals, but it's a lot harder. What is it? I don't know. I, I, I go ahead. It, it, I, I guess that's a good question. Is it? What do you, what do you got? So I'll tell you this. The, and I'm going to pull up some schedules here just to make sure I'm saying the right things to you. Okay. The Ravens beat the Bengals, right? Let's say hypothetically speaking, the right. Ravens beat mm-hmm. the Bengals. Um, well, the Ravens would then move to what, what's that? What, what would be their record? Uh, nine and six. Uh, nine nine yeah. and six. I think so. Well, I believe the Ravens will struggle against the Rams. I don't think the Ravens will beat the Rams. Right. And that will move them to. Uh, nine and seven. I see and here then, they're eight and six right now. So if they win, they'd be nine and six. Right. So I don't think the Ram. I don't think the Ravens would beat the Rams. Mm-hmm. Right. So that would move them to nine and seven. The right. the Steelers and then will take the trash. Will take out themselves. So that Kate with that game. Um, but I also think the Steelers are going to lose this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Couple okay. that with the Browns also place the Packers this week. So it's going to come down to that week 18 matchup between us and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so we would have to beat Cleveland. We'd have to beat Cleveland and we'd have to beat Casey. Now that, that, I mean, I, that's more, that's scarier because I'm, I'm not, I'm not scared of the clowns. Mm-hmm. Chiefs I'm scared of. <laughs> Chief, yeah. Chiefs are good. Travis Kelsey, my, my, my UC Bearcat, which we're not, we're not even going to get into the college football discussion week. Cause I, I already know where you're, where you're at, but my UC Bearcat, Travis Kelsey, it's pretty damn good. Is all I gotta say. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it to you this way: I'm not fearful of the Chiefs. That's just I don't think their defense is good, and I think that our defense. It's, well, it's not the defense; it's the offense. I don't know if we can keep up with them. They're, so they're balling here's, out. Here's the thing: our defense at some point is going to get a stop or two. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could say the same about their defense. Hey, sounds good to me. But I mean, th- there's a chance th- that that we could go. You know, we win all three of these games. Absolutely. I, think, I, I mean, and, and that would be unbelievable because. The Bengals, it's been such an up and down season this year, and and this is what is, drove me nuts to some Bengals fans. Where we got, which I said the the, the Bengals moved the goalpost on them, you know, because it started out five and two, so everybody's like, oh wow, five and two, we can go to the Super Bowl, we can we can do this, yeah. you know. So the the goal went up here, and yeah. then we went you know four or two and four to the, the next uh, couple games, and everybody's like, oh, you got fire Zach Taylor, this is this is horrendous. What are we doing? Right. If we end the season three and one, four four and zero oh down the stretch, what's everybody going to bitch about then? <laughs> I, I I I think I think Cincinnati is going to be in the playoffs this year. Absolutely, um, I'm going to chill on uh, making predictions and things of that nature. But I'll just say this: I, I think that they understand what's in front of them. I think they understand the magnitude of this game mm-hmm. these next few weeks and. Uh, I think every team goes through that little bit of a spell where they struggle and you're like, okay, what in the world? Chiefs ain't going to keep winning. They got to lose at some point, right? So that's the beauty of football. Like you still have to throw, put the shoulder pads on and put on the helmet and play. 
Right. And at the end of the day, I, I, I trust our guys to get the job done, understanding the task in front of them. Jeff Holmes says Tariq Hill and Travis Kelsey are out this week versus the Squealers. I think I they, I I think they still have the opportunity to test out still. Okay. I know Travis Kelsey, I heard he, he's in the COVID mm-hmm. reserve list or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, it's Tuesday. So they got a chance to, to test out for sure. So. Anyway, you've been on for a half an hour. I know you got other stuff to do. And hey, dude, I, I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, you me, we crossed, <laughs> crossed, oh, yeah. communicated. And like I said, dude, I saw you at the at Bengal Gyms. I was like, I'm working so many freaking hours. I, mm-hmm. I just, I didn't even message you. <laughs> now nah, it's all good, man. It's all good. Listen, somebody's got to do it, right? So exactly. So, I, I appreciate you having me on. Hey, hey, give a shout out to all, all your your right network and all, all, all everything you got going on. Absolutely. So you guys can follow me on uh, Twitter. Uh, right report if you don't follow me already uh, right, fo- follow me on, on right at right report on twitter if you like gifs and you like news being broken in fun ways uh follow my entire company twsn on twitter we love interacting uh with, with uh with, with all you guys and just so you guys know we're actually moving the company out to cincinnati ohio so we're really really excited to get out there we're really really excited to become one with the community and embrace all you guys and appreciate the love and support you guys have sh- shown me you guys have shown my company and who that who that malik Appreciate Absolutely. it as always, brother. See Thanks, Jeff. You take care. Bye. Take it easy, buddy. Bye. All right, guys. Malik Wright is one of my favorite guys to have on the show. And like I said, if you ever want to know anything that's going on, go follow him on Twitter. He is in the know. Now, like you said, you got to follow his GIFs because some of his GIFs he'll put out there and you kind of got to figure out what he's talking about. But most of the most time, he's right and it comes true. All right. Let me get to the Facebook groups that let me in live stream. And I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Bearcat Country, Cincinnati Reds, Rounding Third, Heading for Home, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. You can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at my Iceman90. I'll be pulling off the sound later on tonight. So if you missed any of this with Malik and you don't want to watch it for uh, what we got here, 41 minutes, you can listen to it. Check it out on BeanPod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. Please leave a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. YouTubers, we're at 1,424 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. If you have not subscribed to my channel, please do so because I'm trying to get to 2,000 subscribers by Super Bowl. It's going to be a big get, but tell your friends, tell your neighbors about sports with strawberry ice. Like I said, I would greatly appreciate it. We got two football games tonight. Now they're locally. So I don't know if we're going to be able to watch which one we're going to be able to watch. If we're going to be able to watch any of them, but there are two tonight. So if you want to get your football fixed, there's also college games on. And we're getting very, very close to the university of Cincinnati Bearcats taking on Alabama. I'll be doing a lot more conversation about that next week. I can't wait. I'm getting nervous. Ah, but as my boy, Jeremy, Dimebag these Nuts likes to say, remember one thing and one thing only, and that is you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? Is it Sunday yet? I'm so fired up. I cannot wait to get to the game. The Rapids are going down, and that's your sports, baby. See ya!
Stripes in our veins, sparks gonna fly The beast is awake, orange, black and white Cause when the jungle come alive Who they we ignite in Cincinnati, we gon' rise in love In the jungle, we unite in love Drippin' orange and black and white All day when we fight, live and die in these stripes Wake up the beast, everything day is a feast Time to bust it off the leash In the jungle, drippin' heat Tiger strike the city streets East side, stand up West side, stand up If you reppin' who day Time to put your hands up Dingle stripes, we in it New day, new age, yeah, we did it Cincinnati jungle fitted Who they in our house, we win it Orange and black and white, we build it Earn our stripes, you know we kill it Bleed our colors, jungle dripping Nasty natty, yeah, we live it Lit the crowd, hit the city loud Yeah, we feasting now Fit the bounce, make the city howl Now we beastin' now Thunder through the tunnel From the sideline to the huddle Stripes, we tied it on the jungle